Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Hey, I'm going to talk to you today. I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, I Will Trust You. I Will Trust You, this album that was released on Friday. The, the, the title of the album is Trust You, and I believe that there's a lot for us to learn as it relates to trusting God. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 15, Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 13. And a reminder to some of you, and maybe others of you, this is the first time you've heard this, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, is the author of the book of Romans, the letter to the church in Rome. And he's writing this from Corinth. And his main objective, his main agenda of the letter is to explain what salvation is all about. The, the church in Rome, he had never personally been to at the time, and, and he's writing to both Jews and Gentiles, and he's explaining what the gospel is. How many thankful for the gospel in here? That we're saved by grace and not by works. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and Paul is unpacking these things. And in chapter 15, it's a 16 chapters, in chapter 15, he's kind of rounding things out and he's finishing things up. This is actually the longest letter that Paul wrote. And this is what he says. It's a prayer that he prays for the church. And I want us to focus in on this verse today. And, and I know some of us take notes and others might not take notes. Regardless of where you fall, I want everybody, please, everybody write down this scripture. This scripture is packed with power. Um, if you don't remember anything else today, just hold on to this scripture and God will speak to you. But Romans chapter 15, verse 13, this is what Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you what? What's it say? Help me out. Completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that verse is too good just to read once? we got to read it again. i got one person excited about me reading it again. I'm going to read it again anyway. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. How many of you like those words, joy and peace? Man, my, my, my. I grew up in a church. A Church of God church and the associate pastor name was Floyd Carey. And every single time we'd see Pastor Floyd, he would shake our hands and he'd say, joy and peace, peace and joy. Every time. And he would shake your hand. He had the softest little hands. They're like little pillows. Just shake your hand and you grab both of your hands with both of his hands. You just say, peace and joy. And as a 13-year-old, you're kind of like, okay, this is a little weird. But as you, as you grow older, you're like, hey, I'm coming through that door again. I need some peace and joy in my life. Peace and joy. Because you trust in him, then you will overflow, I love that word, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. What is Paul saying here? What is, what is he praying here? He's saying, I pray that you don't just live life partially, but I pray you'll live life filled, that you will be full. And our God wants us to live a life that is filled with his life, his joy, and his peace. I, I get bothered when I go to a restaurant and I spend good money and they bring me out my meal and it looks like they divided it with the table next to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like you wonder, am I at Costco getting a sample here? And, and they bring you this little meal, and, and I'm, I'm not cheap, but 
I'm not real big on spending money. God's helped me with generosity, so thank God for that. But I, I, when I'm spending money, I want to get what I'm going to get. And when I pay good money, if I'm paying like $15 for a salad, how I many you know that, that salad better be like talking to me when it comes out? Like it's like got so much, it's just overflowing. I was at a restaurant a couple of months ago, and it's a new restaurant. It's one of those like fancy restaurants. I mean, you know, fancy restaurants will take your wallet, but they give you very little in return. And they came out, I promise, they had this little salad. It was one of those that you cut up. It was like this big. I thought it was a joke. I almost said to the waitress, is this for real? But I thought that wouldn't be very godly. It's not her fault. But I just ate, it's 15 bucks, and I was not satisfied at all. I can't stand going to a restaurant, eating, and then I have to go stop by another restaurant on my way home. Talk to me, somebody. When I go to eat, I want to get full. Now, here's the thing. God did not send his son to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our lives just to give us a ticket to heaven. I'm thankful I'm going to heaven. I'm thankful I am bought, that I'm sealed, that, man, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and anyone who confesses Christ, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I want to be filled here on earth as well. God didn't just come to give us partial filling. He came to fill us completely. He's not going to serve a dish that you're like, man, Lord, I thought you had a little bit more than this. He's going to give you everything that he has. Does anybody believe that in here this morning? He wants us to be full of life and peace and joy. That's who he is. In fact, John chapter 10, I love this scripture. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Everything God does is to the fullest. Think about the creation itself. Look at the earth and and the stars and the galaxies. It wasn't like on a certain day, God just took a little breather and said, well, I'm just going to give a half-hearted effort here. Everything he does is to the fullest. But this is our problem. This is my problem. We get used to living with just partial fulfillment, just satisfied with, with a little bit and not uh, overflow or not to be filled completely. And I have a little illustration here. I've got some sweet tea in the pitcher. How I many you know sweet tea is a blessing from the Lord? If you're struggling today, go home and pour you some sweet tea, my friend. And this represents, this represents the goodness of God. This is, this is God's life in you. This is God's peace that's made available that the world, listen, the world cannot offer. Joy that's from him and him alone, that no place can you find it. And and this is God's desire. He wants, this this cup represents you and I. He he wants our lives to be filled. I'll stop right there. I don't want to spill it everywhere. He wants our lives to be full of him. But I find in my life that a lot of times I end up living partially filled. And this is the danger. I get used to being partially filled. And I get content with being partially filled. And I look at other people, I'm like, wow, they really don't have any peace and joy. I'm doing fantastic. And meanwhile, God says, no, this is not the level of fulfillment I'm calling you to. I don't want you just to have a part of my joy, a a piece of my peace. I want you to be filled to the brim. And there's a lot of factors that play into this. And and I'm not trying to minimize anything because how many of you know life can be painful? Anybody know that in here? If you've lived long enough, you know life can be painful. So God desires to fill you up, to make you feel full of everything that he has for you. He does everything in abundance. But this is what happens. Things happen to us. What happens to us 
oftentimes affects what's going on in us. And God says, I want you to be full, but this is what we encounter. And it is real. It happens to me. We encounter loss and part of our fulfillment is poured out. We encounter pain and things that are done to us, even by other people that they're supposed to love us and take care of us, but they do the opposite to us. And we start to lose a little bit more of our peace and our joy. And maybe our finances start struggling. Talk to me, somebody. Finances, oh Lord, I'm really losing a lot right now. I'm losing my cool. And we just end up being partially full. There's chaos all around. Maybe your job is difficult. Maybe, maybe you're just, your kids aren't living for the way that you desire them to live for God. And you look at yourself and you're not partially full and, and you think, God, what's going on outside of me is infecting me on the inside. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It happens. So the first thing is what? What's taking place is impacting what's in us. And the second thing is we have this mindset of, God, I'll be filled when? Have you ever said that before? Lord, I'll be filled when football season starts. Oh, glory. Oh, Lord. Oh, football season. And then if you're like me and you're a Tennessee fan and they lose to Georgia State the first game. Oh, Lord. It's, a, it's all gone, God. It's all gone. I am empty. Oh, Lord, help me. I have nothing left. This is terrible. I'm serious. This is my life, guys. And then, and then so you say, oh, goodness. You say, Lord, I'll, I'll be full. I'll be full when, when you give me a man. Lord, when I have, oh, glory, if I have a man, I will be start to get filled. And then God gives you that man. And that man is not everything you thought he was. And you start losing that filament. Oh, Lord, oh, no, here we go again. I was full, but now I'm empty. Lord, give me another man. Don't pray that. Give me another man. And then some of us pray, you know, I, I'm going to be filled when, when I have this new job and, and man, my resources are another place and I have this opportunity and we base it on, on these things when happen to us and what happens to us. And then what happens? You get the job, you get the opportunity and it's not what you thought it was going to be. And because it's all about what and all about when, our joy and our peace, it fluctuates everywhere. And this is the thing. Oftentimes we don't even know where it is. We don't even know where our joy and our peace are, what level it's to. My mom, she always cracked me up. Man, when it came to gasoline in her car, maybe some of you can relate. If her car was not at least three quarters full, it's the end of the world. I, I've got it. Where is the next racetrack? I've got to get gas. Mom, you have half a tank left. Oh, baby, it doesn't matter. This thing can run out. God wants us to take inventory. True story. I literally, my, my gas on the way here, it says, you have, it didn't say it, but I read it. You have 30 miles still empty. I'm like, I'm good to go. <laughs> but God says, I want you to be full. Man, I'm telling you, God wants you to be full. You say, David, you don't know what I'm going, going through. You don't, you don't know what's happening to me or what I've been through. You don't know where I am. And this is what I've come to tell you. Paul tells us it's not based upon what's happening to you. It's not based upon, well, one day I will when this happens. Paul says you will be filled because you trust in God. You trust in God. It's not about what. It's not about when. It's about who. Who. Because you trust in me. What is trusting? Trusting is leaning. Trusting is, is resting. Some of us carry so many weights in our life. And we have so much anxiety and fear and there's just, there's just a stress level. I face it, you face it. And God says, I want you to lean into me. What's Proverbs says, trust the Lord with all your heart 
And lean not in your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trusting is about leaning. It's about giving things over to God. Lord, I don't understand it. I don't even like it. Sometimes you're going to go through things. I'm going to go through things. I'll say, God, I don't like this very much. Has anybody been there before? I don't like this. But God, in the midst of this, I trust you because of who you are. And today I want to give you just two points, two thoughts about who God is. And the first one is this, while we can trust him, God, we trust God's consistency. We trust God's consistency. God is constant. God does not change. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same. Everybody say the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I love what Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 and 4 says, you will keep in perfect peace. Listen to those words. God will keep in perfect peace all who do what? Trust in you. All whose thoughts, your, your mind is a powerful thing. All whose thoughts are fixed on you, God. Trust in the Lord always, he says. Not sometimes. Not when, when you're on the mountaintop only. Trust God always. Trust God when your bank account is full. Trust God when your bank account is not full. Trust God when your marriage is going the way you want it to go. Trust God when your marriage isn't going the way you want it to go. Trust God when your kids are serving him. Trust God if God, if your kids are rebellious and God's still working. Trust God always, isn't this? For the Lord God is the eternal rock. He is not changing. He's eternal. We live in a world that is constantly changing, don't we? Our bodies are changing. And get a better amen to that one. Our bodies are changing. The way that we, we shop is changing. I mean, remember back in the day, like I was a kid and I would go to Walmart or Toys R Us to go find my, my Christmas gift, go find a toy that I wanted for, for my birthday. Now my kids are like, hey, Dad, let's just look up on Amazon. I'll just buy my gift on Amazon. You're eight. What are you talking about? Everything's changing. The market changes. It's up one day, down the next. I mean, you know, politics has changed a little bit. Not going to do it. It's changed a lot from those days. It's changed. The way, yeah. Wouldn't be prudent. The way you go to movies has changed. Some of you haven't been to the movies since 1985. Now you reserve your seat for a movie. And it's like a lazy boy that's in a spaceship. It's amazing. Don't show up last minute. You'll be on that front row and your neck's just broken. Everything is changing. Can I tell you one thing that does not change? Our God doesn't change. And you say, man, what's the, what's the big deal with that? Oh, it's a massive deal. Because you ever been around somebody that they got personality one way on Monday and another way on Wednesday? And like on Monday, they're happy to see you. They love you. And on Wednesday, they look like they want to cut you. And those types of people, what are you doing? You're all, you feel like you're walking on eggshells around them because you don't know what version of them you're going to get that day. But I want to tell you something, church. With God, you know what version you're going to get because there's only one version. It's a perfect version. It's a holy version. It's a version that is filled with love and compassion. Our God never changes. He's consistent. When you need forgiveness, he has forgiveness for you. When you need strength, he has plenty in supply. 
He's not just for you sometimes, he's for you all the time. And these are two things I want you to know. God is constantly, consistently with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you as orphans. He is with you. So the psalmist David says in Psalm 139, where can I go to escape your presence? If I go into the heavens, you are there. If I go into the depths of the earth and the Sheol, you are even there. If I take the wings of the morning and go to the uttermost parts of the sea, even there you are with me. Your right hand will hold me. Our God is consistently with you. I love the song, Lily of the Valley, that, that Chris wrote. And the whole team, I know they played a part in it, but it's just such a beautiful song. Go and download it. Listen to this t- entire album. But he talks about how God is described as the lily of the valley. I love that. Because it seems like it doesn't match with the other descriptions of God. He's the lion of Judah, right? He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the great I am. And then you have this reference, I'm the lily of the valley. You're like, what? You're all these big things, but yet... You say you're a lily of the valley. What is that? God's saying, even when you're walking through the darkest seasons of your life, my presence, my beauty, my perfection is even there. Look around you. Even when darkness is closing in on you, his presence never forsakes you. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? He's with you. Next thing is this, is God, as we can trust, he is constant, he's consistent. Next thing is this, is that God is consistently for you. And this is our danger because if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this said a gazillion times and you're like, okay, yeah, God's for me. That's great. Awesome. And, and we, we lose the allness of this thought that the God of the universe, the one who spoke and things were created, The one who holds our power in his hands. The one that the Bible says he's not pacing up in heaven, but he's seated in a posture of authority. That that God is for me. And don't let it just be up here in your brain, but let that thought sink into your heart because when you go through the valley and you're facing difficulty and you're facing loss and you're facing pain, you remember my God is with me and my God is for me. And when you let that sink in, it's a game changer for your life. A few weeks ago, my son, he had had his 10-year-old birthday. And I said, Elijah, what do you want to do? He said, I want to go to the Saints game versus the Cowboys. Saints, who that nation, everybody? Saints versus the Cowboys. And, and so we got tickets and we went to the game and we love the Saints. Man, we love it. And, and one cool thing about the Saints is that they have a guy named Alvin Kamara that's on the team that happened to go to the University of Tennessee. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Tennessee? Alvin Kamara, everybody. Alvin Kamara. So we got our our stuff on. We're there, and and we go to the game. And this is so great. On every single seat, there's no place like the Superdome. There's some people, they really need Jesus. But on every single seat, (laughs) like that, holiday outreach, go to the Superdome. Um, They've got on the seats... Uh, this, these saints' towels. Okay, so it's on every single seat. I did not realize how much uh, the saints really don't like the cowboys. So just put it that way. It's amazing. I think a war could be started. They really don't like it. And so we've got some Saints fans around us, the crazy. And, and then we've got some Dallas Cowboy fans. One of the Saints fans took 
um, one of the towels from the Dallas Cowboy fan, and he gave it to my son. And I, I didn't realize what was going on. And he gives it to him, and, and Elijah has two towels now. I didn't know he took it from a Dallas Cowboy fan. And so I, I probably, this is not, I'm not fabricating this or stretching this. I'm actually dialing it down. Keep it church appropriate. Um, the Cowboy fans realizes that his Saints towel is missing. He stands up. This guy's, I, I promise, he's 60 at least. He stands up, he's like, who took my towel? Who took my towel? And Elijah's eyes just get this big. I see he has too. And so I go to hand it to him. I'm not about to lose my job over a towel. Pastor Mike, I got in a fight at the game over a towel. I'm resigning. And I give it back to him. And, and he is furious. You took my towel. You took. And I'm telling you, these Saints fans, they stood up. And they start yelling at this guy. I promise you words you will not hear in Sunday school. They start, they start yelling at this guy. And they're saying, He's a kid. He's a kid. What's wrong with you? Go back to Dallas. He's a kid. And me and Elijah, we're just loving this moment. And one of the guys, we don't know these people. All we have in commonality is saints gear on. One of the guys goes and he disappears. And he comes back with a bag. And he hands it to me and he says, it's for the kid. <laughs> I kid you not. It's for the kid. And he hands it to me. I open it up. It's a miniature, like special edition Saints chrome helmet. $60 this guy just spent. Like, I don't even spend $60 on my kids. $60. And he looks at that Cowboys fan and he goes, anything for the kid. Who that, baby? Who that? Who that? What does that have to do with trusting God? <laughs> Even when the enemy steals from you what's been given to you. Oh, y'all better help me preach up in here. God is working on your behalf behind the scenes. And he's going to bring something far better than a towel that looked like it was lost. He brings things back, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Come on, if you believe that, give our God some praise in here. He is with you, and he is for you. That's our God. And I, I just think, man, like, we're his kids. I'm his son. You're his daughter. You're his child. And I think he's thinking the enemy thinks he's going to prevail. He's going to win. Oh, no. I'm working on behalf of my children. I will turn every pain into purpose, every disaster into a meaningful end. God is constantly working for you. Come on. Can you give him one more hand clap of praise in here today? That's who he is. We trust he's consistent. Final thing is this, is we trust his character. We trust God's character. God is good. God is, is love. I was talking to Pastor Terry the other day, and he was, he was explaining this, and I thought it was so beautiful. He says, you know, we possess love and we extend love. But First John says that our God is love. Everything he does is from a position of love. And his intentions, hear me in this place, regardless of what you're walking through, his intentions for you are always 
always good. You trust someone whose character stands the test of time. I'm going to use just uh, an easy example here to kind of sink our teeth into and understand. It's easy for me to trust Pastor Mike as as not just my pastor, but as my boss. And and there's, there's many reasons. You know, obviously all of us can say he is extremely gifted when it comes to preaching. I mean, that guy is smooth as butter. Like he never has a mess up with his words. I mess up all the time. It's okay. I mess up all the time. He's just smooth. Man, he's got rhymes for days. It's like, does he just dream in rhymes? How's this happen? He's smooth. He's gifted. Man, he's so smart. He doesn't like, he would probably be really upset me saying this, but he is extremely smart. He's got like a photographic memory. He sees something and he remembers. It's like, what is wrong with you? He's like R2D2. You're so smart. Just recall everything. And, and, and so he's just, he's brilliant. But listen, that's, that's great. But that's not why I trust him. I trust him because of his heart. I trust him because of his motives. I trust him because I know who he is behind closed doors. I trust him, listen, because I talk to him every single day. Some days he probably doesn't want to talk to me, but I'm still talking to him. I'll text him. I'll call him. We'll talk face to face. I know him. And this is the thing that you got to understand. Many of us will hear that you need to trust God and you need to trust that he's He's constant. You can trust his consistency and you can trust his character that he's good. But listen to me, it's another thing when you know him. When you personally know him. Listen what the psalmist David says. He says, I have heard the many rumors about me and I am surrounded by terror. So he's admitting where he is. And listen, you're going to have times where you feel anxious, where you feel depressed, where you feel down, when you feel discouraged. You don't need to beat yourself up about that. That is there and you can confess, hey, this is how I feel, but watch what happens. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life, but I am trusting you. Oh, Lord, saying, watch this, you are my God. You're not just the God of my mama. I love my mama. But I can't feed off of my mama's spiritual food all day long. I I love this church and I love small groups. But how many of you know you got to know God personally for yourself? You got to get in that quiet place and say, Lord, I'm shutting the door behind me and I'm getting on my knees and on my face. I'm going to call out to you because I need you in this hour. And you start to discover his character. You start to discover how he's consistent and he's always there and he's for you. It's a big difference. And sometimes... We know God from a distance, like we know Pastor Mike from the stage. But God says, I want you to know me. I want it to be intimate. I want you to be full. And this happens. This is so good. Y'all into this? This is what happens. Say, Lord, I feel empty. But your word says, but you called me to be full. And God I'm going to trust in your consistency. Anything for the kid. You're for me. You're not against me. You're working all things together. You're making a way where there seems to be no way. Even when I haven't seen the promise fulfilled, I still believe you're the promise keeper. I trust you. Even when there's sickness in my body, I trust you. Even when there's loss in my family, I trust you because you're consistent. And then the next thing is, God, I trust your character. Oh, God, you're good. Even when life is tough and life is bad, you're good. And this is what happens. 
you start to be filled with him. Watch this final note and we'll close. Let's put up that scripture one more time. Romans chapter chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely, fill you completely with joy and peace because you do what you trust in him. Then, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of who? The Holy Spirit. This is where it gets good. Because when God sees that you trust him fully, he will continue to pour on you fully. And this is when your life starts to make an impact in other people's lives. And it's not just about you being filled, but it's about other people being impacted. Because then God says, oh man, I can use this person. I'm not just going to fill them. I'm gonna fill them so much that there's overflow in their life. And man, this, this dad, this dad who's trusting me through a hard time, This dad who's believing in me, even when things are going on that are tough in his family, even when his finances aren't where he wants to be, but that dad still keeps declaring to his family, we put our trust in God. I'm gonna start to feel his children. And then I'm gonna feel his children's children. And then that person who's faithful at work, and man, they're just working hard. They're working with excellence. And maybe you're not on the the, the chain as as far as you how how you wanna be on the ladder, but you stay faithful to God. And he starts filling people at your work. And they see that there's overflow in you and through you. And they say, man, there is something about your life that I can't put my finger on, but I've gotta have. You're filled with peace. You're filled with joy. I don't understand it. I can't fathom it, but I've got to have it. And God starts to do the overflow in your life. How many of you want that overflow life in your life? What's the secret? What's the key? It's not what. Not what going on around me. It's not when. It's all about who. I will trust you. I will trust you. I remember a few weeks ago, man, I, I, it was just, it was about a few months ago. I was just, seemed like everything was was coming against. I don't know if you have that in your life. Where you just, like, God, I can't even, I can't even breathe. It's one thing after another. And that's where I was. I remember being on the phone with my amazing wife and I called her and and she's just encouraging me and just speaking life to me. And I can remember I hung up the phone and and I was standing outside and I just said, Lord, I promise you, this is all I said. All these emotions going on, my head, my mind, and my body, all these emotions. I just said, Lord, I trust you. God, I'm gonna trust you. Whether I'm on the mountain or I'm in the valley. Because even in the valley, your presence is real. There is hope even in the valley. And I, I, I kid you not, as I prayed that, I felt just a blanket of peace come on my body, come on my mind, come over my emotions. And you say, man, what'd you do? All I said was, God, I will trust you. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.